did Kurt Miller make a critical decision that has changed the course of the Connecticut Sun franchise? I'm going to dig into it. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDonald, reminding you that you can make us your first listen every day so easily by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Make sure you are also following the work that's being done at The Next. TheNextHoops.com. We have over 100 reported pieces every single month. We've got reporters covering every WNBA team. We have People on the beat for all four remaining teams out in Seattle, double-barreled action with Rowan Shaberg and M. Adler, Connecticut with the great Jacqueline LeBlanc. James Kay's got you covered when it comes to the Chicago Sky and Matthew Walter with the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, I was also out there on Sunday at Mohegan Sun Arena for what was the 76-72 victory by the Chicago Sky over Connecticut. And we are going to focus in hard today on one moment as it relates to the sun. Tomorrow, a moment for the sky as we head into Tuesday night's game four at Mohegan Sun. Really interesting time. So tomorrow is about a shot Emma Mieseman made and everything that led up to it. Today is a look very specifically at Kurt Miller's decision with three minutes and 37 seconds to go to take John Paul Jones out of the game. And we're going to talk about some reasons why it happened, some reasons to be concerned about it happening. And then I want you to hear, actually, I talked to Kurt about it and followed up with him about what Kurt Miller himself had to say about it, because it felt to me immediately like something that was going to reverberate, maybe for the game certainly for the series, and quite possibly beyond as well. I've had the privilege of covering the Connecticut Sun for many years uh, throughout John Paul Jones's, frankly, from the moment she was drafted. I was there the night she got drafted, as a matter of fact. And so seeing what Kurt Miller has built, seeing what John Paul Jones has become as a player, seeing how the Connecticut Sun utilize her, use those around her as well, it's all very interesting. So I want to take you through it. Let's start with the moment itself. Chicago Sky, 66, Connecticut Sun, 64. The game was, as Kurt Miller said pregame, he wanted it to be messy. He said postgame, it was the mess they wanted to have. He was absolutely right. This game was played on Connecticut's terms, without question, just as game one had, a game that the Sun had won. This one was again being played on their terms, very difficult to score, for both teams. And so both teams were in a bit of a drought. Points were at a premium. It was a question. It was a moment. How do you do what is necessary to get the few points necessary to ultimately win this game? Bree Jones had done a tremendous job, a tremendous job. And we're going to talk about why Bree Jones's development 
changes the way you have to think about things in Connecticut with a critical offseason coming up. But Bree Jones had made some key plays. The Chicago Sky had slowed her, but had not stopped her. But what had they done with John Paul Jones? They had stopped her. They had stopped her. John Paul Jones had six shot attempts in quarter one. She had one in quarter two, one in quarter three. I think you end up with two in quarter four. It was not a significant part of the offense. And this is an offense that relies on balance. They're not looking for their star, even their reigning MVP of the league, restoring, you know, 25 points a game or getting 20 to 25 shots. That's not how they operate. They also have had to reinvent how they operate on the fly. Something that I don't think people talk about enough is that the Connecticut Sun, who have been successful year after year after year, though no, not the title yet, which I know is what a lot of people focus on, is this team ended up leading the league in net rating, and they lost their floor leader, Jasmine Thomas. Jasmine Thomas, their best perimeter defender, and the one who makes that offense go. Alyssa Thomas, an incredible secondary distributor, and, and in many ways, primary distributor. Her assist percentage was north of 30%. This year, Kurt Miller had kind of a throwaway line in the pregame when we talked to him on Sunday, but it was intriguing to me. He said this might be the first year that Alyssa Thomas was the leader in assists for a non-lead guard. I measure a little bit differently. Uh, assists per game is not really my bad. <laughs> I, I like assist percentage. I think it's a better isolated stat. Well, AT's done it a couple times. Okay, AT in 2017 was putting up an assist percentage of 24.3. That was her first all-star year. 2017, Candace Parker, 24.2. So AT just barely edged her out. Okay, we've had a couple since. 2020, AT comes in 26.1 assist percentage. And as part of 24.9. Again, eat both of these. They're ridiculous. Ridiculous coming from, you know, effectively a four or five, depending on how you want to define it. Um, just I mean, why I love watching them both, the way they're redefining what that position can be. Now, Candace did redefine it, and AT is doing it as well. Um, the fact that I have the luxury of being able to cover a series with them both at the same time is remarkable. But this past year, AT, again, on the All-Star team, her third time, 30.1% assist percentage. 30.1. Most lead guards aren't getting there. You know, that's up near Vandersloot bird territory. And Candace, you know, again, only, right, 25.4%. Still just Candace Parker, you know, and this thought occurred to me as we were watching this game is just she could retire, of course. She can do whatever she wants. She is an elite broadcaster. She has many different areas in which she can go live. Selfishly, from a basketball perspective, losing a player like Parker, who is still in her prime, and she is, just forget the age. She's playing as effectively by any measure as she has throughout her career, uh, would be sad for basketball. So hope she sticks around. Plus, she's a plus interview. So for uh, professional reasons, it would be good to have her here. Anyway, long story short, you run the offense through AT, and the Chicago Sky don't have to respect the uh, perimeter shot. 
Liz Thomas does not shoot it from far. She does a lot of things. This is not what she does. So there's very little reason not to pack the paint, which is just what they did. And that did for the game, shot 16 for 41 at tip to Alexa Filippo of ESPN for coming up with his number. 16 of 41 from inside of five feet. That means they missed 25 shots from inside of five feet. Had they made three of them, three of those 25, they would have won game three. That's how close they came to doing it. That's how close they came to doing it. But John Paul Jones wasn't even getting those shots. He was frustrated all afternoon from Candace Parker to Emma Meesman. Azrae Stevens comes off the bench. Azrae Stevens, who was going to get paid this offseason and should. And they were just frustrating her. Bottom line. And so as you think through in that moment, Kurt Miller makes the decision, goes to Courtney Williams. Well, who is Courtney Williams? Courtney Williams is somebody who can hit the mid-range shot, capable of shooting the three, creates her own offense. Well, that brings you, in one fell swoop, spacing. It brings you the opportunity to get offense that didn't have to be generated either through AT or through the point guard on the floor. Uh, Natisha Heidemann did a fine job and, you know, is a caretaker point guard at this point. Uh, was a bit more than that in the first half. Scored 12 points. Very impressive. Odyssey Sims still learning the system. You know, a late-season addition. But she certainly has veteran presence. How Kurt navigates those two will be fascinating in Game 4. Absolutely fascinating. But you needed to find offense in that moment. And so I want to talk through how it worked. And we also need to talk about what were the dangers? This was a this was a big move. And as I said this at the time, it wasn't a second guess. I said it at the time. This was a big move. No matter what happened, there are ramifications that come from it. So we're going to talk about just why this moment in time uh, may resonate for many years to come. But I also want to talk to you about Built Bar, which, as you know, I love to talk to you about. They want me to tell you about the cookie dough chunk puffs today. Well, my goodness, I have a lot of experience when it comes to cookie dough chunk puffs. We have a bunch downstairs that I purchased. Not my first time buying them. We don't have as many as we had when the order arrived. They're a favorite, a family favorite. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, I was broadcasting a doubleheader at my alma mater, Bard College, and... In between games, needed a snack. Hello, the Built Bar cookie dough puff. After it was over, driving home, I could have stopped for dinner. I could have stopped at a rest stop. No. I went second cookie dough chunk puff of the day. Light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Oh, God, they must be terrible for you, right? Uh-uh. 160 calories. 15 grams of protein in them. You are doing your body a disservice if you don't eat cookie dough chunk puffs. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5. And for the love of God, when you do it, tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. So you bring Courtney Williams into this game. And you have the opportunity to get a basket. By the way, generated the offense right away. 
We just go right through into that play-by-play. Immediately, Connecticut Donna looked for Bree Jones under the basket. Offensive rebound by Bree Jones. Went back up. Missed a shot from three feet away. None of this is because of the change. And again, Bree Jones got two looks there. It's We're not criticizing her. They defend the rim so well in Chicago. And it's a real battle. It's a real battle. Candace Parker misses. Joanna Bonner comes back. She has another layup. Kerr Miller was on my chain. I'm going to get fired because my, my professional team can't make a layup. And, you know, it's funny, but it's also, by the way, here's how it's deadly serious. There is no universe, and you talk to people around the league, and I do, and they all agree. There is no universe in which Kurt Miller's job should be in jeopardy. Kurt Miller has built a team in Uncasville, Connecticut. And I mean no disrespect to Uncasville, Connecticut, but if you're trying to get free agents to come, and you're saying, hey, I, I want you to come to Uncasville, Connecticut, that's not the easiest lift. That's not New York. That's not L.A. But he's built this team, brought them together, and put themselves in a position to be the elite team on an aggregate over the last half decade. That is exceptionally hard to do. This is exceptionally hard to do. He took over for Ann Donovan, the late Ann Donovan, um, a friend and somebody who I have a huge amount of respect for, and not just because she comes from Burdentown in New Jersey, but because of everything she's done since. But Ann Donovan couldn't make it work here. And Kurt Miller came in and has built this team at Christianko at the beginning. You know, now it's Kurt as GM and head coach. You cannot argue with the results. He's had them in the elite of this league, despite no John Paul Jones in 2020, no Alyssa Thomas for most of 2021, and missing his point guard, Jasmine Thomas, in 2022. So again, insane to consider the idea that Kurt Miller's job might be in jeopardy. Does not make sense. I don't care what happens Tuesday night. Does not make sense. Just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Be that as it may, a big part of being a head coach in this league is making sure your stars are bought in. When you take John Paul Jones out of the game with 3.37 to go, you run the risk of potentially losing buy-in from your big star. And so it was notable to me after the game, we didn't hear from Kurt challenging his star. And so I want to take you back. Game one of the 2019 WNBA Finals. John Paul Jones was not a factor in what was a loss to the Washington Mystics. And Kurt challenged her directly to us, to her as well. And John Paul Jones responded with 32 and 18, 32 points, 18 rebounds in game two. This is a monster performance. John Paul Jones made things happen. And so we can talk a lot about she didn't double, sometimes she didn't triple. Dewana Bonner, her teammate, was talking to me about that when I asked her after the game. <sighs> yeah, okay. You know what gets doubled? Asia Wilson. You know what gets doubled? Brianna Stewart. If you are going to be elite of the elite, and that's where we, and rightly so, should have been talking about John Paul Jones in the same way that we were talking about 
Asia, the 2020 MVP. Hell, Elena Deladon, the 2019 MVP. Ask Elena if she's ever faced single coverage dating back to her like school days. And I don't mean University of Delaware, I mean middle school. She has not. For JJ to be that player, she's got to find a way to impact this series. Has to. So what does this all mean for her? She heads into a contract year next year. What does it all mean for the Connecticut Sun? Bree Jones, like Azrae Stevens on the Chicago Sky. Let me free agent. If you keep this team together in Connecticut, you're not going to be able to sign Bree Jones. You're just not. Teams are going to offer her the max deal. She's going to get a max somewhere and go be a star. And she should be. She's earned it. Bree Jones came into this lead and has made herself better every single year. Bree Jones was somebody I was very high on out of Maryland. You can go back and read five years ago about it, six years ago. I wrote about it before she even left school. I thought she was going to be a very solid, efficient backup center in this league, which is nothing to sneeze at and incredibly hard to do. And she's so much better than that, that she has turned into a scorer like she has, that she is a secondary distributor in her own right, that she is an elite two-way player, and she's so big and fast as well as being strong. Bree Jones is a dominant player in this league. Bree Jones, wind shares a flawed stat. There you go, M. Adler. There's your little um, prerequisite, okay? But, but, Bree Jones was top five in the league in wind shares this year. I don't mean among bench players. I mean among everybody. Bree Jones is a star. She's a star, and it is incredible that Connecticut has her coming off the bench. And so if you think that Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner are locked in, and they are for various reasons, both their contracts, uh, the fact that you know Dewana's under contract for the next three years at a max deal. Where do you have room for Bree Jones? You don't, unless John Paul Jones and the marriage between John Paul Jones and the Connecticut Sun has run its course. Well, you're going to need to keep JJ on a super max after next year. You're going to need to do it. That's the only way you stay with John Paul Jones. Will she ask out? Will the Connecticut Sun decide to move on? They've got a window, and Kurt Miller talks about it. And it's absolutely true. Windows close, sometimes faster than you'd like. What do you do if you're John Paul Jones and what do you do if you're Kurt Miller? And what does what just happened tell us about where things are going? I think we're going to be able to look back and see what's come afterwards and understand some fundamentally different things about what just went on here. So I'm going to leave it there in terms of my own analysis I could write a dissertation on this. It was just fascinating. This felt operatic to me in terms of the personalities and the years of arc and everything that has led up to what just happened and what it means for game four and beyond. Will John Paul Jones answer the bell tomorrow night and put up another 32 and 18? Kurt ended up playing her a total of 24 minutes. Put her back in the game last minute. John Paul Jones, three for 10, six points, eight rebounds, 
two assists, two blocks. That is not what an MVP needs to do. A top option on a championship team needs to do in a WNBA semifinals game. John Quell knows it. Kurt Miller knows it. Everybody knows it. So did Kurt make the right decision or not? I, I think it's really hard to argue against it. I do. But I think it is fascinating. And the drama of this, the drama of the WNBA playoffs. Well, I am, as they say, here for it. So here's what Kurt had to say. Take a listen. I'm Howard Magdal. You're watching or listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Kurt, just in terms of JJ, two parts to it. One, obviously, after six shot attempts in the first quarter, they limited her to, I think, one or two each of the quarters the rest of the way. Um, do you need her? Do you want her to be forcing the action a little bit more than passing out of double teams when it's, you know, the reigning MVP of the lead? And just related to it, you pull her with 337 to go, make the decision a little smaller with Courtney. Uh, does one lead to the other in terms of that decision? Yeah, you know, they're trying to limit uh, shots by John Quell and shots by Bree Jones and really coming with doubles. And it's hard at times to score through that, step through that. I think they're making good plays out of doubles. And can we repost? Um, the challenge is trying to get them some touches before they're loaded up. Because once they get into the half court and they have their style of play defensively and schemes defensively situated, they're just sending so many bodies towards our post game. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult at times. Um, so, you know, again, um, everybody gets hung up on shot attempts. <laughs> Um, and it is like, are we taking good shots? Are we taking shots, um, you know, when we can get the spacing and, and them spread out? Um, and in stretches, we won that battle. In stretches, they congested us and forced us to play to different things. And then, you know, we, again, um, it's a rock fight. We want to make it a rock fight. Alexa, just the, the other side. Yeah, just the, the other side of it. The, with 3.37 to go, is it just, is that about spacing? What, uh, taking her out of the game at that moment, I was wondering what you were seeing in that moment where it was 66-64 and basically neither side was getting what they wanted offensively. Yeah, you know, again, um, it's sometimes offense, defense, and it's so much harder at the pro level to do that because, um, you know, unless there's a dead ball, you can't, you know, the offense, defense of substituting at the pro level is difficult. Um, at times, you know, now can we get them spread out and moving with a smaller lineup? Um, you know, what, you know, what is that going on? I have to make those calls, um, difficult decisions all the time. Um, they at times don't come with as many doubles to Bree Jones. So at times, do we get the ball inside uh, with spacing that we want at times because they send so much uh, attention to JJ? So, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of a feel and there's never, you know, it, there's always going to be second guesses when you don't win. And, you know, and 
no one says much when when you lose their second guess is when you win you know a lot of times people be like you know saying that you push the right button so searching when we are struggling the score and trying to find some some more movement um late in that game when we were struggling to score go ahead Alyssa. Kurt, um according to our stats people you guys shot 16 for 41 um on shots five feet or closer to the rim is that that's very unlike the team was that you think more just mental and to once maybe people start missing it's, it's a little contagious or do you also credit chicago's defense and especially their length that they do bring on the court yeah, I didn't hear what the percentage that you said, but uh, 16 for 41, 39 percent, five feet or closer. Yeah, well, first, they're incredibly long. Uh, Emma's deceivingly are very long. Candace and Stevens are obviously um, very long. So there's moments when you think we're getting um, point blank shots, but their length can bother us. So first, it's a it's a credit to their length around the rim. They're not easy to score against, um, you know, and then, you know, it's just at times you try so hard to get the catch and to get things that uh, we, we weren't efficient, but we have to be, we have to, we have to be more efficient around the rim, but it's a credit, you know, they're long. They're not, they're not easy to score against. Jacqueline. Kurt, the game was definitely physical and Chicago was held to 37% uh, from the field. Did you feel like the game was messy enough um, from what you guys were really trying to achieve? And, you know, was there any point in kind of that last half of the quarter, uh, fourth quarter, where you felt like Chicago kind of ended up imposing their style of play on you? You know, we, we got them to miss 44 shots, right? And they only scored 30 points in the paint. Again, um 12 14 points below their average in the paint so we did a really nice job protecting the paint their number one team in the league and points in the paint and so yes i thought we really did a decent job of getting it to the our style game two is their style game one and three was our style they won tonight in our style of game but you know, like I'm confident if we can get those games like that, that we can have success. So that was what Kurt said. It's in his own words. What it all means? Tune in tomorrow night. Uh, I wouldn't miss it for the world if I were you. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll be talking about one moment for the Chicago Sky because I got to talk to Emma Meesman about it, James Wade about it. All about Emma coming tomorrow. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a Ben and Angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful Monday. Savor this time. It's WNBA playoff time, you guys. Until tomorrow, I'm Howard McDowell wishing you a wonderful day. You are
are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.